This is the Counting on Her podcast, a service of the Arizona chapter of WIFS. Women in Insurance and Financial Services, the only financial services organization with programming for women by women. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Counting on You podcast with WIFS Phoenix, Women in Insurance and Financial Services. Today we have Darren Tully. Darren just launched his book. It was made available to us on Valentine's Day. Darren, welcome to the show. Tell us about your book and what you do. Great great to be here, Sue. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to, to connect uh, and catch up. Uh, yeah, the book the book launched on Valentine's Day. You're right. And thanks for the uh, the shout out. It's been quite it's been quite an exciting journey. And uh, that day was pretty special because this book is really aimed at helping people live their possible. The book's called Live Your Possible. And what I'm looking to do with this book and, and my new company that I've launched is I am working with people to ignite happy humans in happy workplaces where I think it's really going to stir up happy communities and happy families where people are really going to thrive. And within this book, it's helping individuals and businesses feel the power of possibilities where I'm aiming to ignite people's happy, authentic selves where they could be true to who they are and to really help people live a fulfilling life that's rooted in joy, inclusion, and love, and possibilities. As you can tell, the, the word love is, is in here because I think uh, it's an important piece with how we actually interact as humans, both in the workplace and in our communities. And I, I've started this, this, this book uh, along my journey, and I had a few moments where I had... Um, some events that woke me up in a different way, and I'm looking forward to uh, chat through this with you today. Congratulations, Darren! Really, um, the book, the the live your possible your live your possible life and launch um, your company ignite happy. The transition from being a man in corporate America, and in your first few sentences uh, describing your journey here, you use words like love joy and inclusion. So those words are never mentioned in the corporate environment. Please tell me, how have you made uh, a pathway of transition coming from the corporate cloth to what is truly your passion and the difference that you want to make within that corporate culture? What led you specifically down this path? Any experiences that you you can share? Yeah, absolutely. So I I have been in corporate America for over 25 years in financial services and in insurance uh, industries, have been a leader in a variety of different roles. I started my career thinking about numbers and results. So I basically thought I needed to make decisions and drives towards getting uh, better financial outcomes or better customer experiences. And what, what ended, up, ended up happening is I recognized uh, at some point that that I was upside down with the way I was approaching my every day at work. And I had, I had a couple of, I had several events, but a couple that come to mind. One, I had an awakening where I was actually at a diversity and inclusion event. And I, I realized I wasn't doing my part as a, as a good human person, human leader. It didn't matter that what my role was as a, as a male or as, a, as an individual, I wasn't doing what I could do. And, and it was very disturbing to me because I had this awakening where I thought I was a good guy, bringing out the best in people all around me as my purpose. And what I was doing was I was holding people back 
I was pushing people away. I was push, pushing hope and possibilities um, outside of the realm of what I thought was was good for everyone. And I was doing that at the expense of others. And it was it was terrifying. And I often speak about that event, that four day event where I was in a bubble. I was unaware of what I was doing with my own unconscious bias and, and didn't recognize that until I, I became really vulnerable. I, I even shared with, with folks at this event that I felt like I wasn't uh, the person I could be or should be uh, and, and committed to change. And I was crying at this event, which I never had done before. I never thought we could share emotions at that level uh, or should in the workplace. And I recognized that we need to be sharing more, more of these elements and experiences. And when I realized that Bubblehead first were out in the audience when I was speaking uh, to them. The people that I was, the very people I was pushing away actually picked me up that day. And I could tell that they saw me with some anger, some frustration, yet I think people, and they told me later, they actually looked at me with hope and love. And I was committed from that day forward to to make something happen and, and really welcome differences, welcome with an open mind to other people. And, and the second event happened where I actually started to in a different way, in a welcoming way, inviting way. And I had a really special moment with my daughter where I recognized where joy comes from. And we had we had this experience where I shared with her uh, a one-eyed smile that was on the back of a watermelon Italian isolate that just happened to be on the table we were sitting at together. And I never would have noticed that before had I been closed-minded. And when I shared this with her, she lit up such joy and I recognize from there what really what really matters to me not only my daughter of course yet where I get joy which is helping people see joy and what's possible in the world and that's what set me on this journey I started to write a, a business plan about sharing these experiences about joy and inclusion and how it leads to love and possibilities mm-hmm. and this business plan turned into this book and it turned into this company that happy where I am truly bringing the power and, and the experiences of possibilities to people all around. And that's, yeah. it's been um, amazing. And, and just the name that you've chosen for your company, Ignite Happy, instills joy, I think. So, you know, what I'm hearing is this, this journey that you've had personally that you've brought into the professional space and the relationship that people have with their corporate places of work, right? There's this impression that, you have to um, be strong, that you can't show emotion, that there is a, a particular demeanor that you have to conduct yourself in. Um, certainly crying is not accepted at the meeting table, right? And so tell me a little bit about the relationship that people have across corporate spectrum, the lack of joy that some people um, possibly most experience in in corporate culture and how you drive better financial outcomes because you 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 said it you hit the nail on the head i mean that is um you know the direction that a c-suite people want to go and move in by um focusing on topics like diversity equity inclusion which are a huge hot button and discussion point at the meeting table how do you bring those two worlds together joy in the corporate culture and fueling the bottom line and driving better financial outcomes. Where does one start? Well, I, I love where where you ended there in that order about working with people first, having a faith that the 
financial outcomes or the customer experiences will follow. I tend to notice and have seen in the different corporate uh, entities that I've worked with or even worked at, you know, the focus is about, it's about the bottom line. It's about the customers. Mm-hmm. And we really forget what, who drives that. We do. All that we take together. Yes. It's just about getting to the end goal. So you cut out a little bit. You said the actions that we take together, right, to drive those better financial outcomes. Elaborate on that. connection we make to I look at it as you know, companies have values and missions are they real that's what I would ask folks are they real or are, we, are they there correct yet it's, it's really uh, it's really a selling technique rather than get, getting people to be passionate to be thinking with a greater purpose because I think everything comes back to connection how we actually help people the workplace and feel like they belong as their true self. I often will ask people to be their full self and a lot of people would say or joke with me to say, I don't think you want my full self. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fair. I want people to feel like they're be their true self or they are authentic or they can be who they are. They feel safe. They feel like they belong. They feel like they can they can voice ideas or they actually have, they have the ability to grow on their personal purpose. I think that the biggest learning for me that I've noticed over the last six years when I had my awakening has actually started to truly be my authentic self where life was a lot easier. I didn't have to be the person you described the way I always thought I had to be as a, as a leader, especially as a male leader. Like I had to have all the answers. I, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't be as open. I, I had to make sure I could, didn't say I didn't, you know, I don't know. Or I had to make sure um, I was telling people what to do. I was the commander. And what I recognized that those were things I was taught I was supposed to look like as a leader, yet not doing it right. I was I was backward backward because I, I recognize that no, when I actually ask and invite people in with their ideas, or when I invite people in with differences in a variety of ways, results happen. That's when people surprise us with what they're able to do. And mm-hmm. and I was I would ask all of our listeners to to recognize that. We have, first thing we have to do is we have to believe in the untapped potential of each other. We need to help each other realize and look at each other and say, you know what? There's this light inside all of us that's ready to pop, that's ready to shine, and that we're able to do anything we put our minds to. Yeah, we've been taught when we look at each other, only certain people could do certain things, or no, that's not their type of role. And we have to, we have to put all that to the side and change our thinking, break our habits, kind of break a role bias, if you will. Is we that what really be thinking more, more broadly? Is that what you mean when you talk about a per, uh, people first culture? Part of it, absolutely meeting people with where they are, gaining what gets people excited. Anything they'll learn, they'll grow, they'll they'll be open, they'll be innovative. This is where this is where discovery happens. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, when companies want to compete and be different, it's all about the ability to have discovery and innovation. It's all about having experiences where employees feel like they can contribute in different ways. They can actually step out of their comfort zone. They're not going to be afraid of being told they did something poorly or were told they weren't allowed to do something. And what I think about, you know, actions that businesses should be thinking about, it truly is around employee experiences. It's about happiness at work. I mean, there's so much research on both those items. Companies know that when they actually focus on their employee experience, average profits, bottom line results. I think it's about mm-hmm. four times. 
Right. And happier employees are 20% more productive, maybe 25, maybe more, because people are more willing to step in and do things, maybe step into improve processes, step into actually be more creative and, and, and discover opportunities. Because companies are actually more creative. Companies that are more creative actually have two-thirds higher revenue results, if you can imagine. Sure. It makes sense to me because people are allowed to come up with new ideas or revenue channels or be more creative to how to solve their customer problems. Yeah, yeah, you know, think about this for a second. There's there's other research and studies around adults and adult learning and what percentage of adults actually are capable and and actually show exhibit the skills of creativity. Only two percent. When we were kids, it was ninety eight percent. So over time, that's gone away. You're describing in a perfect uh, world how we can begin to drive better financial outcomes by changing corporate structures, essentially the behaviors of these corporate structures to bring more love, joy, and inclusion into the workplace. And then the outcome is favorable for everybody. You fall back in love with your job and profits grow. So we talked about people first office cultures. Do you think that um, the, the, the new DEI discussions of today will really make a difference um, in advancing women from a professional standard into leadership roles? And I ask that question selfishly because we are a community of women within the WIFS space here. And what do you feel the long-term impact will be from DEI initiatives and addressing the people-first culture in the office? How, how long will it take to make change? I, I do think it's helping. I, I don't think it's going fast enough. I mm. feel that tripped up feel initiatives are labeled or quoted a certain way. And we really have to look at each other and, and get real human again. It's it's not about uh, an initiative. It's about doing the right thing. It's about helping people succeed. It's about rising people to an equal playing field. It's getting people the opportunities and not being selfish or self-preserving. It's, it's about changing how we want to be as allies or sponsors or, or leaders. It, to me, it's like doing the right thing where there's been a, several experiences I've seen and have been a part of where people are working with each other, women in the workplace, doing this because it's the right thing. Not because they want to check the box that they actually did it because they were told to do it or because it made them feel good or because they could actually put it on the performance review. It's it's about being a good human leader that's truly empathic, that has a genuine care and interest to bring out the best in other people and actually seeing people light up. And I can promise you, people that have actually stepped into this work, servant leader as someone that really cares and shares love. And I mean love in a way that's not just with the heart, it's intellectual, meaning they're meeting people with where they are, where they, where they get excited, where they're motivated. And there's there's room for that for all of us. It doesn't matter who you are, what level you're at. We need to start to embrace that as part of our DEI DI, mm-hmm. uh, uh, initiatives because I, I do think the equity is an element that has grown. I think the inclusion element has been labeled. And I think what we have to start thinking about is having an open mind, having a, having a, a, a belief that there's a higher purpose here, not only at our company that we represent and work at, yeah, there's a higher purpose for us to do the right thing where we're all going to actually be more innovative. We're going to find more discoveries. 
we're going to help each other live out amazing possibilities. That that's what gets me excited because I'm seeing this happen everywhere. Sure, and it is possible. Well, and you said earlier you you use the term check the box. That's still starting somewhere, right? And we've all been part of the corporate fabric over our lives. Our colleagues have too. Uh, there's a variety of experiences out there. But what's your best advice to uh, female leadership listening out there, our listeners uh, in this podcast, about building and fostering additional female growth will, with male advocates out their side? What's your best advice to someone like me or someone uh, within our WFS community looking to build male allies uh, to help promote inclusion and promotion of women? I love that. I love that question. And I, I have a, a pretty strong uh, belief in networking and uh, connecting with, with folks that are on this journey. And I would say identify by these leaders or identify these partners, you know, in the community, at the workplace, people that are trying to step out. There are people trying to step out from person, you know, from, for me, I was nervous. I was, I was, uh, honestly, um, fearful to make a mistake. I was afraid to not speak uh, a certain way or say something incorrectly when I was, when I was working with people that I hadn't worked with in the past. And that's something where we need to help each other make it safe. So we talk about belonging. Uh, we have to, I think we need to accept and be okay with, with some of the failures along the way, as long as our intentions are good. And I think identifying partnerships, identifying intentions, and then committing to work together going forward. Cause I think there's tremendous learning for everybody. When I, just as an example for me, people will ask me, what's been the biggest learning for you along this journey outside of understanding where your joy comes from and how to get the best out of people and then tap into potential. What I got to tell you, the biggest learning that I've, I, I got to just share with everybody. When I try to do this right thing and help on a different playing field or to help people realize they're capable or put people into positions of opportunity or people help people's voices be heard. Cause it's not my voice that matters. It's, your voice too. It's other people's voices. Mm-hmm. That's something I've learned. Every time I do that, I learn something new. So for folks that are feeling like, oh, I'm not going to get anything out of helping or partnering, we all get so much learning out of this. It's about what you go into it with. If you just go in and say, I'm going to teach and tell and that's it, that's the wrong approach. We need to go in to say, okay, I'm going to share. We're going to guide. We're going to help each other. We're going to give and take. We're going to meet each other where we are because that's starting to build almost almost this uh, equal playing field mm-hmm. just in the relationships. And I think establishing that and practicing that with intention, with care, with genuine interest, and then doing that again with someone else and someone else and having them commit to doing it as well. That's where we're going to take these moments and uh, move it, you know, really move it to a true movement where we're, we can have a ripple effect in our communities. I, I would start it locally. I would start it in BRG groups. I would start it if you're part of the community. I'd start it in this audience when you when everybody gets back in person. I think it's something that could be done at a, at a conference or an event. And I, I promise you, if we practice this every day and connect with our partners for 30 days, we're going to start to change habits and we're going to break the bias that exists today and we're going to make a difference. Yes, yes. I, I truly do believe that. Uh, growing up as a young woman in business, I was in banking and I was um, instructed or encouraged to dress a certain way, 
to wear um, specific shoes, to wear my hair a certain way, and uh, to remove more of that personal touch, right? And, um, you know, abide by the, the, the guidelines. And what I've learned over the decades is, um, you know, the, the business is very personal. It wasn't personal in a corporate um, bank structure at the time when I was hired in my early days in a very young position in sales. But I learned that uh, it, it's what you make of it. And if anything, business becomes very personal. So you're hitting on a lot of notes. I heard you say identify the partners. I heard you say define the intentions, right? Those are business formulas for success, a blueprint, uh, a mutually beneficial blueprint. But then add that genuine self, that person, right? Don't don't take yourself out of the equation um, to do and conduct manner in the business that best represents you, right? So where do we find that balance? Do you talk about that in your book? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I do share uh, some of these stories and I translate that into specific actions and ideas for folks to practice. And I, I try to get folks to to commit to taking steps every day because we do need to rewire the habits we've been either born with, taught, taught to, or have practiced over a period of time. And Sue, when you we, when you actually talked about how we're supposed to dress or look at work at times, it, it, you know, it reminded me, uh, you know, as the leader, I started out as finance and being a CFO and taking the number seriously. I actually took myself too seriously where I, I forgot to have fun and mm-hmm. laugh at work. I, I remember actually laughing and joking with some folks and they, they actually, once somebody said, I didn't, I didn't know you had, you had that in you. <laughs> uh, think about that. Like I was, I was like, what, what do you mean? I can have fun. So we, we need to be more of ourselves And this whole book. Set of stories. It's a set of actions. It's really meant to resonate to each reader, audience member, because there are actually 125 questions in here that you would answer. And then probably what's important is to identify five to seven where you'll take specific actions that allow allow you to actually think about your real purpose, to invite the world in differently, to uh-huh. really think about your beliefs. And I believe, I truly believe there's a beautiful light inside of all of us to unleash. And that, that was an evolution of where I was before. I used to say, I want to bring out the best in people Yet what I wasn't doing, I wasn't bringing out the best in people around everyone. So I needed to change my purpose to something bigger that was more purposeful around seeing the light in all of us, which is really thinking about the untapped potential. So I've mapped out a path. It's actually a path of possibilities in the book okay. that folks will take. And it's based it's based on the platform of happiness and inclusion. And there's eight steps that follow. And, and, I, and I have developed this in a way that's self-reflective, experiential, and people will grow. I, I can promise you, if you take this, you take the path and you mm-hmm. commit to it, find your partners. Again, you're going to change, and you're going to change the folks you work with, and your communities could follow as well. And so, this sounds like a great way to 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 begin utilizing your services and opening those brand new doors for discussions that may have been completely absent, right, in these corporate meeting tables. Um, I, I would love to see our local and broader WIFS community embrace um, some of these uh, strategies. So so tell us, um, in addition to the book that resides on Amazon, is that right? That's correct. 
It's called Live Your Possible, written by Darren Tully from Ignite Happy. What else do you recommend and how do we uh, reach out to you? You have a website? I do have a website. It's uh, ignitehappy.com. There's a lot of information out there to learn more about what I'm up to in addition to podcasts, recent podcasts that I've been on that go into further storytelling in addition to other articles I've written specifically around leadership, around possibilities, around inclusion, around happiness. So there's different, there's different areas you could, you know, pop in there and take a look and learn. I also have out there some examples around speaking engagements. I'd love to get out and speak. Oh, great. Companies and conferences, uh, local groups and chapters. I love bringing some of these messages to life that are come, that are in the book that I love to bring them to life uh, in speaking engagements and workshops. There are in, immersive, interactive workshops that, that I can deliver as well on what really matters to you and your organization. And I also provide executive coaching. I am working with uh, CEOs and other C-suite leaders. I'm also working with BRG or business resource groups, mm-hmm. HR partners, and, and also different, um, I would say different local group, lo- local government groups policy groups uh, in D.C. So I am trying to help people make this gap that we have. This gap is everywhere. When you think about us versus them, you think it about is. the gender gap. You know, yeah. It's everywhere. And if we could start with joy, we could start with we, we could start about what's possible. We start to believe in something bigger. We start to believe in each other. Again, we get to change ourselves while we get to help others change. And that's where amazing joy actually lives and thrives. It's fantastic, Darren. Uh, you truly have a knack for making uncomfortable conversations comfortable and bringing them to the corporate meeting table in um, an appropriate way so that we can really, like you said, in- instill more love, joy, and inclusion across the uh, corporate culture. So thank you for the work that you're doing. We look forward to working with you in the future. And thanks for being a guest today. Thank you, Sue. I really appreciate it. Take care. The Counting on Her podcast is a service of WIFS Phoenix, attracting, developing, and advancing women in the financial services industry. Visit WIFSnational.com.